This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Another week. Another win. Five wins out of six. And our old foes from last season, Sheffield Wednesday, dispatched at Hillsborough. Happy days, everybody. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. If anyone in the emails, you won't get it, can guess what song Joe Fairs was quoting just before we came on air, uh, they win all the free tickets to our live event um, <laughs> at the um, home of football, Portman Road, um, on the 7th of October against Preston North End. Come and join us for Blue Monday Live. God knows, Dave, how many points we'll have by then. I don't know. So when's what seventh of October? Well, it's another five games, so that would put us on thirty points, wouldn't it? It's about another seventeen points from those five games. <laughs> we said we'd oh. never be this podcast, Dave. This smug. I don't know. I never ever thought we'd be this smug doing this pod, but it's it's, it's kind of nice, isn't it? It's kind of good. It's well deserved, Joe, isn't it? Yeah, I thought the championship was supposed to be a step up in quality, but <laughs> just so seems to have taken it in our stride, haven't we? Of other teams, Joe, listening to this podcast, they're going to hate us completely. Smugness. Smugness. Uh, smug mode engaged. So welcome, everybody. If you're watching live on YouTube, please do get involved in the comments. We'll flash as many up as we can during the show. We'll go to a full Q&A. Do hit the thumbs up button. If you are, I don't know, you're on your Monday morning commute, you're mowing the lawn. I'm not going to mow the lawn this time of year, are you? I'll take that one back. If you are at the gym, on the treadmill, or maybe the um, ski machine listening to us. We really, really appreciate it. You might be doing some squats or some bench presses or something of that nature. Um, we thank you all very, very much for joining us. As we go, and I, I like these ones, Dave. I always remember when we got promoted to the Premier League, going and beating Bradford. And it made me really happy because Bradford really stitched us up two seasons before we went up. And this is a bit of a grudge match from last season. And I like what... Kieran McKenna said in his interview after this, you know, he's really loved going there and winning. Bearing in mind, they were one of very few teams we didn't get one over on last season, right? Yeah, that really stuck with him, I think, didn't it? Um, certainly the first game we should have won. Second game, obviously, was a little bit more even. But just this thing about both games went exactly the same way. 
two nil up, away team two nil up, and were hauled back. But um, yeah, I think we did. Uh, we certainly owed them one. And um, yeah, um, and yeah. Well, there was one or two, one or two comments on the, on our sort of Telegram group, thinking, oh, you know, Sheffield Wednesday away just got a point at Leeds. Perhaps this might be the the sort of curveball where we might we might come unstuck, but um, obviously not. Joe, as the de facto smuggest member of our podcast team, who predicted like. 33 points from the last 11 games last year. You weren't worried remotely about this, were you? Well, obviously my facade would say no, but <laughs> it is one where you you sort of Are you, in you see they've got their point. They go into that um they go into that um international break and you sort of wonder what they come out the other side. But I did I was pretty confident before the game because they they don't seem to have a lot today at the moment and I, I just didn't think they'd really be able to cause us problems and <laughs> They didn't at all, did they? Got got really good keeper, Joe. <laughs> yeah, he was really good, actually, wasn't he? Just as well. and, and, but but for him, that would have been a, a much more comfortable victory than it sort of looked on looked at sort of when you look at the result at the end of it. Yeah, so we kind of um, set this up on the preview show where, and it seems silly and off top off topic and tangent, Dave, where we had to spend ten minutes talking about the ridiculous things the owner had done. But that's kind of been what the Sheffield Wednesday fans have had to put up with, and the backdrop for a lot of their football this season, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. That's been the narrative from day one, really, wasn't it? I mean, they didn't finish the. I mean, February they the, the they'd won the. League One in February, hadn't they? I mean, I mean, I remember coming on the podcast with you. And we you we saying, all had them winning it, didn't they've we? Gone, yeah. They've gone. They've um, gone. Terrible end of the season. Sort of fell, o- fell over the line in the playoffs. All right, still had to beat Barnsley at Wembley, but did. Incredible game to get past Peterborough at Hillsborough. And really, yeah, really not really not that much happening in the close season. Quite, you know, very little investment. Partner of the ways, the well-publicised partner of the ways with, with Darren Moore. Um, and it's... Um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a long, hard winter for them, doesn't it? It does. But, Joe, it was a little bit of a, OK, look, I'm going to go back to what happened last season and, you know, the kind of um, strength of the team. Obviously, one notable absence that we always seem to mm. um, end up talking about when we do play Wednesday. But let me just bang through this team, what we were up against, Joe. Vasquez, much more from him later on. He was... <laughs> best player on the pitch, I think, let alone Wednesday's best player, wasn't he, the keeper? Uh, for Maywo, Iorfa and Palmer were all there last season, as was Callum Patterson, although I'm not quite sure where he was around minute whatever we scored in, but uh, Delgado is a new guy down the left-hand side, and then Hendricks come in, he's familiar to the league, isn't he? Byers, uh, obviously we're referring to Bannon, who's Wednesday's best player, who's not there. Gregory wide, not too sure about that. Windass, I'll take that, and Smith up top. So it's a familiar, familiar look, um, Joe, despite the fact there's other players that have come in that weren't in that starting lineup yesterday. Yeah, and one of the sort of the, the the feelings that people had about Sheffield Wednesday last year was that they're a sort of solid League One side with that extra bit of quality, but one of the problems that they had was they just had a lot of age in the team, didn't they? they? They didn't really have any youngsters in there. They didn't have a lot of legs in there. So it was very much, it was almost like how Rotherham used to play in that league where they would just bully you sort of physically and knock the balls forward, play a real quite simple game without a huge amount of pressing or anything like that. And when you look at the player, the new player in the team, Jeff Hendrick, replacing Barry Banner, well, I don't think that really does much to alleviate the concerns about legs or legs in that side. And I think it just, showed there that they're a worse team than they were last year and 
I think maybe it's underrated how good a side they were last year because they were maybe not as flashy as us or as sort of unexpected and flashy as Plymouth were during the season. They were just your solid team that just ground out win after win, put together clean sheets with just a solid side, sort of seven, eight clean sheets in a row, 96 points they got in the end, didn't they? And I said that they just, they've just shot themselves in the foot so badly in the summer that it's like they wasted a month of the summer, didn't they? And and when you're the playoff winner, you you lose two or three weeks anyway. And that's just, a good. That's a good point. Yeah. And then to have all that, then two weeks later you sack the manager. Then two weeks later you bring your first player in. They're just so far behind. And I just wonder whether the international window would help them catch up. But I just think they're done for this season. Really. Mm. You agree with that, Dave? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, obviously, buyers, I think, was a big miss for them in the running last season. But really, really sort of key, fairly important player. All right, really didn't show it much yesterday, but I think <laughs> one, I think one he, lovely free kick, Dave. Well, okay, yeah, but he wasn't really allowed to, was he? But um, I think that um, he was certainly a big miss. But as Joe said, yeah, um, they're sort of behind the eight ball right from the start, having and you're quite right. You say, you know, the side win the playoffs, and it almost kind of goes against him because you're three weeks further down the two or three weeks further down the road. Then, as Joe said, another couple of weeks before they make a sign in and before you know it you're well into pre-season and the you know the new season's just about to start so yeah it's gonna I think it's gonna be a struggle for them on the well certainly on the basis of yesterday yeah um, I mean I've been following it and from what I can see and you guys will be able to elaborate more might have been their worst performance of the season I think yesterday possibly we'll 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 kind of have a look into that during the week well we won't, frankly, because we're at the start of a free game week and everything will be forgotten, won't it? But um, let's just have a look at the Ipswich 11 then. And uh, in the words of Radiohead, well, maybe one surprise, no surprises. Uh, Hladke in goal. Clark, Wolfenden, Burgess, Davis, Morsi, Luongo, Burns. Um, we had a long discussion about the right-hand side and it is the kind of first-choice right-hand side, I guess. Chaplin, Broadhead and Le. Dapo in um, instead of Hurst, which was a um in and an R in. Um, any particular thoughts on that eleven, Dave? No, I don't think so. Again, there was quite a lot of talk about Jack Taylor um, getting a start at some point, which, well, let's face it, would have been at the expense of uh, Luongo. I know Morsey was away with Egypt last week, but as um, you guys said on the on the pre-match pod, you know he had barely played any barely played any minutes. Um, but no, I, I I still maintain, you know, if they're fit at this stage, Moore's in Luongo starts. Interestingly, interesting with Taylor and Press, this is a bit later on, he didn't get any minutes at all yesterday. So maybe there's something to look at potentially for um, for Tuesday. But no, other than that, there was a lot of talk about Clark and um, on that right-hand side. I think people, and again, there was talk that um, it, it was clear that Hurst perhaps wasn't going to start. He only joined up back in training late last week and maybe it was going to be a toss-up between Jackson and Ladapo. But yeah, after his two goals against Cardiff, yeah, you, I didn't have an issue with that. I think Ladapo probably deserved a, deserved a start. Joe, did you learn anything from the selection? And when I say that, I mean not just about the Saturday, but what how that now shapes the rest of the three-game week? I think it's a difficult one to know, isn't it? Because the the use of subs in the game ended up interesting, that we only use the three subs mm. where normally we use four or five and you change it to give... And it's like, were we just resting? Were we just keeping players fresh, knowing that they're sort of running their race today rather than pushing them ahead on Tuesday? But I guess until we see that team on Tuesday, we don't really know. Because I, I expect... 
the Saturday team to be back to a fuller strength team or full strength team. It's just whether there's any changes, sort of rotations in that Southampton game, isn't there? Um, do you want to take this one then, Joe? Because um, right from the very, very word go, um, just on top and the pattern being chances being made and an excellent performance by Vasquez in goal by Sheffield Wednesday, really the only thing uh, keeping this a one-goal one goal game, well, or a nil-nil game up until the, the first goal. What was, what's your take from the top, Joe? It was about 20 seconds, wasn't it, before Ladapo had his first shot of the game, which was blocked. And I just think from, from that point on, we just we just got in behind them so easily. And we had so many times where we just broke past them. I guess the big chance early on was Ladapo's chance again, where Chaplin plays that ball we've seen him play a million oh, times well, onto Burns' run down that side, picks out Ladapo. But there'd been a lovely bit of play before there where we'd sort of broken the press, started for Ladke. Would have been a brilliant goal, but Ladapo... <laughs> Probably should do better there, really. Sort of puts it straight to the keeper. I know he's got to make the save, but that was a that was a guilt edge chance, wasn't it? That one. And but that's so the amount of times Burns got past his left back, Broadhead sort of kept breaking through the middle, and Davis was playing probably higher than Burns for a lot of the Joe, game on a, that left it's hand a five side. Five with two holders as well. How was there so much space? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But the, the central midfielders, they didn't seem, sort of Hendrick and Byers just didn't seem to know whether one stayed or one went. And they mm. seemed to just kept both going. And and I guess that's for the goal, wasn't it? When you sort of push us on, on that far where, again, it's sort of Burgess has a ball at the back, plays it to Luongo, who sort of dropped into a almost like a left-back role and plays it to Davis, who's, well, left left wing sort of high up there and you Chaplin makes the run like Ladapo pulls the centre-backs in with him but Chaplin makes that run from that halfway line and nobody is within sort of 20 yards of him from from behind him to keeping up with him and it's like how can they be so caught out of possession by what was one straight ball really wasn't it maybe one went with Luongo when they went out there but it's just I don't know it's it's almost like how you draw those things up on the training ground when you don't expect the opposition side to have any reaction or understanding of what you're going to do it's almost like you drop here he goes there you run there and goes there but it was almost like we were playing against training cones at that point for the goal wasn't it and I said Chaplin probably gets a little bit lucky with the finish but it's I say it was it was the most normal Ipswich goal you'll see isn't it midfielder drops in Davis goes high pulls it back Chaplin's their goal I totally agree with Joe though Dave because the criminal thing is that's not a quick counter-attack or anything. It's from Cladkey I mean, from a goal. They should be completely set and Patterson just loses Davis just, completely, doesn't he? Patterson it? just goes AWOL, doesn't he? I mean, I just don't know what he's doing there. He completely loses him. And Davis is a good, what, 10 yards off him. It's, it's a crazy. And it's such a simple goal. Just going back to that, Joe, but that, that Ladapo miss, not the first one, but the one where, you know, um, Chaplin plays that ball inside the fullback. The move before that, if that had gone, if, if he finishes that first time, man, that's just an unbelievable goal because the football around our box before then with Morsey and Wolfen and bang, bang, first time was just absolutely outstanding. But, um, yeah, it was just, you know, I, I heard a bit of commentary earlier from um, Chef Wednesday, uh, Chef Wednesday channel, and um, they're almost calling the goal as soon as, as soon as Luongo plays the ball, plays the ball wide for, you know, over the top and wide for, for Davis. On this commentary, they're pretty much called the goal already. You know, oh, here comes Chaplin. Oh, that would be, a, yeah, goal. Okay. 
off we go. It was but, so simple. But like Ben said, it wasn't even like it was in transition, was it, where all of a sudden no. they have been dragged about. No. It was just a simple pattern of play. Like I say, there was no and, beating the press there. There was no, you know, no beating. It was just straight balls. Yeah, you're right. There was no interchanging, like I said, for the Ladapo move. Yeah. Why, why, why was he painting the post? What's going on there? Don't know. Joe. Well, I think he's just, he's either just had a baby who was very, very close to having one. So maybe it's painting the nursery. I don't, I don't know. Have um, <laughs> you just made that up? <laughs> no, the, ba- the baby thing is true, so. but that, that's a guess there, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, he looked like he's doing it with a brush, not a roller as well. Which that is a definite brush. Yeah, action. brush stroke. And brush I love Connor Chaplin, but he's even shorter than me, so he's <laughs> going to need one of those rollers. You know, yeah, yes, it's an extender, extension. so he can get <laughs> so he can get all the way up. If um, imagine if uh, King Arthur had had an extender. Let's move on. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of bring up. Um, I've got these stats. I don't want to bring up my face really massive. Nobody wants to see that. But yeah, that's the first half, 60-40 on the possession. 1.04 to um, two, uh, 0.27 on the XG. And I don't know, <laughs> is this unreasonable, Dave? Are we at the point now where you're almost looking at a game like this and you're sort of, well, okay, in other games, we need need to be a bit sharper with the finishing, don't well, we? Well, yeah, and I think so. I mean, we should have been out of sight. We, we said at the start, um, yeah, three or four certainly wouldn't have flattered us and certainly um, wouldn't have been harsh on them, would it? I mean, these were these are reasonably clear-cut chances and that, that continues in the second half to a degree, doesn't it? Um, yeah, fair play to the goalkeeper, but two or three of those chances, we'll get to them in the second half with Hurst probably shouldn't have keeper shouldn't really had a chance so that was more you know it was more reflective and you hear you hear Munoz's Munoz's comments afterwards that was more reflective of a three or four nil game really wasn't it just on the chances created the clear chances created so yeah you're right to a degree that you know you 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 squander chances like that in a game against Sharp a better opposition and yeah you could well pay the price um Joe key talking point here at half time um Leif Davis, who, like you say, was playing more like Ryan Giggs or something than a mm. left left back uh, for the goal and um, another assist out at half time and Brandon Williams in. Uh, discuss, please, Joe. Well, initially it is a worry, isn't it, when a player goes down? It, it looked it looked like he rolled his ankle, didn't it? And then when you look at it, and there's only two minutes of injury time left to half time, and they can't even they don't even say, look, we'll just sit it off for two minutes. We'll give you that fifteen minutes over there and see where we are the other side of the break, just to give them that chance. There was no no attempt to give him that chance. So it was a, it does make you think it's maybe worse because at that point, it's only 1-0. You're not going to go precautionary at that point. If you're 3-0 up, you just get him straight off, don't you? And not worry about it. But yeah, it did make me worry that they wouldn't even give him the sort of two minutes till half time. But I think um, one of our, someone spoke to him, didn't they? And he seems to think it's not as bad as it's, it's not as bad as it potentially yeah. looked, but I guess he probably doesn't know that at the moment until you've had the scan on it, does he? I think that's right. I think he left the ground in a obviously in a protective boot, as you would, I guess, these days. And um, did he not say, "I'll be all right. We'll strap it up. We'll be there Tuesday." <laughs> but yeah, let's hope he let, look. Let's hope he is because um, well, we'll get on to we'll get on to Williams and that in the second half now, won't we? But I think yeah, yeah go, go on. Go, go, well, yeah, you, you know, you're going to miss play. So, so probably the two outfield, probably at this stage, the two outfield players who are who are really key are probably Morsey and Morsey and Davis, aren't they? Um, Davis has just been again, he's just carried that level on from last season into the championship and probably even advanced that level. To be fair, had a had a great first half again. Um, 
and you just miss that natural left-footed width, don't you? And we could all see second half. Well, I thought I thought Williams came on and did well. I thought Williams did well. Probably, well, probably most he's played today in the league game, best game today. But you get in those you get in those positions wide left, and he does have to check back on his on his right foot. I'm saying he's got a great right foot, but he obviously hasn't got a left foot. So you will lose if he's out for any considerable time. You will lose that natural fluidity, let's say, or that 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 left-footed, left-sided player gives you. And it's interesting that um, after the game, McKenna said that sort of Williams has been here, but he's been playing on a, as a right back, playing on the right hand side in training. So maybe whilst he is, I, I guess we forget he's a left back. He's got all like fifty odd games in the Premier League behind him. Mm. It's a it's a different type of left back. And but ultimately, you know, McKenna's going to set the team up, and he'll he'll tweak some bits about that yeah. means that we'll have it there. Maybe Clark will play higher on the right, and Williams will be the one that sort of drops in alongside the back two as opposed to what we're doing the other way. I, I don't know, but there'll be there'll, there'll be something that McKenna's got in hand to know what he's doing. And ultimately, if you're looking at just pure player quality, replacing Leif Davis with Brandon Williams shouldn't be a big downgrade in player quality. So it's just up to the manager to get, get a new game plan sorted, really, isn't it? Shouldn't be, but I feel it probably is. But yeah. You're not um, in favour of um, bringing Simon Dawkins back and sticking him at left back. That's completely unnecessary and unfair. Good point, well, mate. And as we said, Poor I was speaking to, speak to, speak to my lads about it, and 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 then and they said, "Dad, didn't Mick Mills play left?" Oh, yeah, okay, fair play. <laughs> Carry on. Um, Joe, do you want to take us into the um, second half and more chances? And well, I'll I'll say Hurst comes in um, at 63 and. Oh, I love this team and I love our strikers, but both of them should have been on the score sheet um, yesterday, shouldn't they? Yeah, I think maybe at the time when Hurst came on, Sheffield Wednesday, we were just starting to get a little bit back into mm. it at that point. The ball wasn't sticking up with Freddie, was it, at that point? And I think when Hurst came on, it just it just opened the game up for us, his movement again, just pulling defenders about. And yeah, a couple of good chances. I think the one... That's the first one was the ball. Well, we had the header from Harry Clark, didn't we, from that corner, which was a brilliant Great save. save from the keeper. Yeah. Oh. And I think he thinks it's in as soon as he heads it from, mm. from that range and with that power and that accuracy. It looks a certain who's, goal. Who's great that save. corner? Um, Broadhead. Yeah, it was Broadhead, was it? Yeah. And um, nice. yeah, and then obviously Harry Clark drops that ball into Hurst and... I don't know, it just doesn't quite sit down for him, does it? And he makes a bit of a mess of the finish trying to lift it over the keeper and then he's got another chance and maybe at that point you, you look at it again and when you sort of freeze it up, it's like, could he have squared that ball to Chaplin and it's probably 2-0, but the striker's going to score that, he's going to shoot there. Broadhead has a chance. Her sort of half gets in again as well and it's just, I don't know, it, it, it's funny because it was a 1-0 game, wasn't it? And obviously 1-0 is never comfortable, but it, it it didn't feel it didn't feel particularly uncomfortable, even when they got uh, they had sort of three or four corners in the last five minutes, and none of them felt like they were going to score. And you saw the well five minutes up on the board, and it's like without Bannon to take them as well. Could have been a hundred and five, and I don't think I'd have been worried. But they just seemed so. So, I don't so know, they, smug, Dave, they just it? didn't. They just didn't look like they had a goal in them at they all, didn't, did no. they? they were and that, that, that must have been them throwing the kitchen sink at us, really. If you think that they were one nil down for half the game and. And that, that was all they managed to do against us. That is, I don't know. That is, I don't know whether it's a good defensive performance from us or just a weak attacking performance from them or probably like anything, a combination of the two. Dave, am I just trying to find narrative that's not there at all for this game? That, okay, we missed a couple of chances, but we were by far the better side. Wednesday have 
been very poor organisationally throughout the club through think, the summer and it is what it is. I think it's fair to say they've regressed somewhat, I think. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for them. And I feel for their fans. I mean the you know, the owner came you know, what well, the owner came out with last week about you know, about more and his contract negotiations. I mean it's about airing your dirty linen in public, you know, they don't want to hear it, do they? They really don't. So yeah, um I think uh, as I said earlier, I think it's gonna be a tough season there. Summary, Dave, great start to this um <laughs> Three-game week, isn't it? And yeah, no, it, six. All, I mean, all the away it, games have been won. We, we said it, us, the three of us said it this time last week, you know, if we can get a win against Wednesday, you know, um, at least it's almost, yeah, kind of a free hit. Although the way Southampton, we'll get to this in a minute, the way Southampton have been performing recently, um, you got to go there again with massive confidence. Yeah, I think you looked at the fixtures at the start of the season, you see the ones, you know, Sunderland away, okay. But relatively fairly gentle leading. I think we'd all agree that. And then the first one that really sticks out, okay, Southampton, Southampton away on the, you know, the first, first midweek batch of games. Um, and that is one I think everybody looked at and thought, okay, let, you know, if we've got, we'd probably need some points on the board, but by the time we get there, so an important, an important win yesterday. And yeah, I mean, just going there with again, massive confidence, surely, because they're certainly not confident. Oh dear. As we will come on to Joe, yeah. um, summarize. Yeah, like I said, it felt one of those games where you needed you sort of we kept creating these sort of opportunities, not really getting good enough clear cut chance at the end of the sort of openings that we created. But it didn't feel like one of those. Oh, you, if we don't take one of these chances soon, we're going to live to regret it. It just felt so comfortable, didn't it, through the whole game? And like I say, it should give us a real confidence to go into the game on Tuesday against Southampton, especially when you've seen how they played on Friday night. <laughs> Which was an absolute I think we, shambles. I think we all saw how they played on Friday night. No, either look, we'll get onto this. Could be the absolute best time or the absolute worst time to face them um, this coming Tuesday. But we will talk about that um, in a minute. Uh, as I've already plugged, guys, we'll get onto the um, review of the weekend and we we'll get to your questions as well. Uh, but the Blue Monday live show is happening after the Preston game on October seventh. Do please come and join us. Um, tickets now on sale. You can go through our socials, links on bluemonthitfc.co.uk. Only £8 if you are a Telegram member, so you can get involved in that £10 for everybody else. Start time's a little bit earlier um, as well. Half past seven, we'll be starting plenty of chat, and I can guarantee we will have 15 points by then. We may even have more points than that, which would be Absolutely tremendous. Uh, quickly, um, ITFC women today, comfortable. Five new winners over London Bees. Mm. Uh, Lucy O'Brien, who is one of our sponsored players by Friends of Blue Monday, got her first minutes of the campaign. And she steps up uh, her return from injury. Right, here comes a lovely message from our sponsors. And then we'll get into the um, weekend and we'll get to your questions. Um, see you in 31 seconds. In the words of Jess Stelling, you can count them. Innovation Labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across Suffolk. Our aim is to foster innovation, entrepreneurship, business growth and the development of an AI centre of excellence in Suffolk. Monthly hot desks are available from just £79. For more info, head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com. Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge with more. 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Whether you need a VPN to protect your world online, to allow you to change your worldwide location virtually, or maybe a bit of both, NordVPN gives you the freedom to do so. NordVPN also allows you to stream TV shows, films and even sporting events which aren't available in your local region, changing to a country which is showing that content, meaning you can switch as seamlessly as a Kira McKenna in-game tactical tweak with just one click. But that's not all. NordVPN can also look after you while online, preventing your card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands, safeguarding your personal and sensitive information from harm. Think of it as a Cyber Sam Morsey, offering protection to your own personal back four, but with far fewer yellow cards. NordVPN is available for the price of a cup of Bovril per month, and one account can be used across six different devices. Visit nordvpn.com forward slash blue Monday, or click the link in the podcast description for more information about the offer and a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee trial period. You'll also be helping out the pod by subscribing. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. To follow. AI centre of excellence. That's mm-hmm. kind of like half football, isn't it? And half AI. Um, let's have a look at this weekend of fixtures. Uh, as ever, Dave, Joe, pick out anything you want. I'll come to you at the end. It was Hull 1. Coventry won on Friday night. Um, Hull improving. Coventry still gelling their new team. Southampton won Leicester 4. Don't worry about that. We'll be getting into that. Um, Blackburn 2. Middlesbrough 1. Middlesbrough still, having me predict them to finish in the automatic promotion places, still haven't won a game. Bristol City nil, West Brom nil. Huddersfield 2. Rotherham nil. Press conference at 1pm on Monday. Is the Warnock gone? After their Tuesday game, Norwich one, Stoke nil. Norwich is still good. Preston two, Plymouth one. Preston is still very good, and they are top of the league. Preston are better than us, according to the league table. QPR one, Sunderland three. Early red card for uh, Jack Colback changing the game there. Watford two, Birmingham nil. Red card changing the game in that one as well. Leave Buchanan red carded on 88, two goals in stoppage time. Um, I set Twitter alight by suggesting that if the South Wales derby could be played at 7.45, maybe the East Anglian one could, and um, I had to turn my mentions off in the end, but Cardiff won it 2-0. And this afternoon, I was there covering it. You can check that out on my channel if you want to see um, what happened at Millwall Leeds. It was Millwall nil, Leeds three. And that lovely front four that punished us, we're at it again. Joe, what is leaping like a salmon off the page I guess there's there's a lot of talk about the, the parachute teams wasn't there of, of Leicester Southampton and um, Leeds with all the sort of money they've got all the players that have sold the extra bits there but I think what's maybe been missing is I, I won't talk about them at Norwich and Watford who are the other two parachute teams who both seem to have sort of got their act together don't they I know Watford are I think they're 12 are they but they've they're, they're, look, they're, they're looking better than a team that's in 12th should 
should look. And I think it's not just sort of a couple of parachute teams we're up against now. It's, it's, I think it's five decent parachute teams with big budgets going at it this year. And to be honest, the weakest of the five, I'd say at the moment, is probably Southampton. And we'll see. But obviously, they're they're a newer team, and we'll, we'll talk about those later. But I think with sort of Leeds, Leicester, Watford and Norwich, there's four decent sides with big budgets there that we're up against. Mm, sobering thought, isn't it? Dave, anything um, jumping out to you from um, this weekend in the Championship? Too much, I think. Yeah, Middlesbrough again. Um, Dave, quickly, sorry, I know I always tell you off for interrupting me. Just point out Tuesday, Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, no, I was going to get to that. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> go on. Yeah, that's where I was going with it, actually. Yeah, um, quite a crucial game on Tuesday, Sheff- Sheffield Wednesday, um, Middlesbrough. So um, immediately, um, you know, after six games, a potential relegation, six-pointer. Um yeah, they just can't. Schmodic scored two. We've got Blackburn down here Saturday, of course. Schmodic scored two. Should have had a hat trick, actually. They'd one on one, one on one near the end. Posh down here a couple of times. Yes, he has. Yes, mm, good player. Had. Yeah, yeah. Didn't. I don't think he totally enamoured himself with the uh, with our crowd. <laughs> to be fair, um, it was him who nicked the ball off Will Norris's toe, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I think it was Will yeah. Norris. And um, yeah, I mean, I watched the Southampton Leicester game, and I was, I was kind of half watching it to be fair. And every time I looked up, certainly second half, it's like Leicester like three on one. I mean, I know uh, it was just just totally bizarre. Um, yeah, and they have shipped goals, like sixteen goals in. We'll, we'll goals get to Southampton, David. We'll yeah. get to so, Southampton. Yeah. yeah, no. Other than that, um, say so them up the them up the road. Got a sort of pretty hard fought one 0 win over Stoke. Saw the highlights of that. Stoke looked like they gave it a good go, and probably Norwich did quite well to hold on there by mm. seemingly um, seemingly um, well to hold on there. But no, other than that, it wasn't quite the crazy set of results, set of results as it was the Saturday before the international break, was it? Which was just madness, really. But yeah, I think sort of things perhaps settled, settling down a bit now. Well, I totally agree, Dave, because if you actually look, one, two, three, four, five, six, bottom seven, all lost, top four, all one as at the yeah. end of the week. I know it's you, you can get that at the start of the season where a win is quite powerful, but you're you're right. It was very much top end one, bottom end lost. As you were, this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, as as you were indeed. Shall we have a look at that lovely table, which does Ooh. still look very lovely? Although it's gone down. Funny, yeah, I was going to say, Joe. I did I mean, see a f- funny tweet um, on the ITFC thing saying McKenna out. We've dropped down. <laughs> we've dropped down a place. Get him. Get him out. But just. Absolutely fantastic. 15 points from the first six games. Again, fair play to um, Preston. They had easier fixtures than us. I I, I, I don't know. That's for anyone to discuss down there in the comments. As Joe rightly points out, Leicester look powerful. Norwich look powerful. Um, And you've got maybe a couple of surprises there, along with us, I guess, and Hull and um, Birmingham. And I suppose the one we want to point out there is in ninth position, uh, Southampton, who are the lowest of the year one parachute teams because Leeds um, are just uh, behind them. Another interesting game in the week on Wednesday is Norwich at home to Leicester. Oh, we are gonna we are gonna learn a lot about <laughs> Norwich and Leicester on Wednesday night, aren't we? If anyone wins that by a couple of goals, you'd almost make them de facto title favourites, yeah, wouldn't you? That, if, if, that that's a, a if that's a there, convincing performance by either of those mm. sides. Down the bottom there, still winless. Middlesbrough, incredibly, after getting to the playoff semis last season. Our good friends, Sheffield Wednesday. Swansea and Mike Duff. Did you see that tweet from the Barnsley Twitter um, after the game? They proper dug Mike Duff out as well, which I thought was 
half amusing and half a little bit naughty. Uh, Rotherham QPR down there as well. We kind of expected them to be um, so. And yeah, just keep your eye on Huddersfield on uh, Monday lunchtime. We are expecting managerial news out from there. You see that, um, I mean, Carrick under pressure, they lose at Sheffield Wednesday during the week. Do you see it or not? You know, how can he not be under pressure? Well, yeah, well, obviously, I mean, under, obviously under pressure, yeah. but any, any word in your I, you know. Well, look, they, they, they finished got, the season really poorly as well, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. That's true. Look, they moved heaven and earth to get him and true. all his yeah. staff. Um, so yeah. I wouldn't have, I mean, Steve Gibson's not a sacker no. by no. trade. So you hope think, so. But so. come on, Dave, any team with Middlesbrough's aspirations the longer it the longer it goes even if Carrick looked like a brilliant manager last season they're not going to that is a just, that is a massive game in it on Tuesday so early in the season as well not going to oh. just roll with it are they right get your questions in um, and then we're going to have a lovely little chat about a very very interesting game against Southampton which as Dave kind of alludes to I'd I'd put down as a zero pointer but I may have changed my mind over the last <laughs> Um, couple of weeks. Um, let me just start off because this is a boring technical question I can answer. If you go from Premier League to League One in two seasons, do you still get parachute payments, Alex? Yes, you do. Sunderland, famously, when Ellis Short bombed it out, who went back to back, were receiving a year two parachute payment. So if you got that now, that would be £33 million worth of broadcast money whilst they were in League One. Wow. You've got to love the old parachute payments. If you're getting them, if you're not getting them, you mm-hmm. bloody hate them like the rest of us. But um, there you go. Uh, David, who is the better goalkeeper for town? Vaz with the ball at his feet. Walton, when the ball <laughs> oh, is in the air. <laughs> Get your questions what, in, guys. What um, question is that, for goodness sake? I mean, Vaz is very good with the ball at his feet and probably... Dave, I saw Bart Bielkowski play today. He's not good with the ball at his feet. No, no, he wasn't, was he? Bless him. No, Vaz is probably... Better just about with the ball at his feet. I think Walton's distribution have obviously worked on that, and and certainly was was got a lot better towards certainly um, latter part of last season. Um, look, Walton's a better all round. Walton is our number one. Walton is therefore the better all round goalkeeper. Um, do I expect him to come straight back in? Probably yes, when he's fully fitting up to speed. I mean, do you think if he doesn't play? You, you think he's back in training now? Apparently, so you know you don't think he'll he'll probably play on. Tuesday, maybe not Saturday. Do you see him getting a game against Wolves, Joe? Risking him against Wolves, something like that. Well, if if he's ready to play, he'll play in that game, won't he? It's just yeah, a case of so. knowing wherever he is. But I think someone mentioned in the comments, Sladky will be suspended soon with the. Oh, that's the, true. He's had free <laughs> booking. Yeah, 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 that's true. yeah, yeah. All for time wasting. Yeah, very. Yeah, and and, and they are so harsh. Some of these, aren't they? It's oh. like I think. I don't know. I think Craig was talking about it in the Telegram yesterday. It's like the Sheffield Wednesday keeper was taking longer for his goal kicks in the first half, but because they're drawing, it doesn't it's, count. If but you're leading, as soon yeah, as you're winning, yeah, they're yeah, like yeah, get yeah. the cards out. It's like you still yeah. got to allow the team to set up effectively to take a goal yeah. kick, don't they? But yeah, I don't know. But he's, I've never seen a keeper be booked three times in six games since no. Madge Jens Lehman left the English leagues. <laughs> Mention for Jens Lehman, unbelievable. Oh, I, I do think though, Player. after all of that um, fury on uh, round one. Do you think we're in a net game with time wasting? And we were moaning about that when we're in League One a lot. So we can't have it um, both ways, can we? Um, I'll put this question up, but uh, there's no real debate about it. Should Benjamin Bloom be knighted? Um, Jason. He's got. (laughs) Hey! 
Uh, Jason, what is the points tally that keeps you in the championship? As a rule, Jason, it's 45 to survive. If you get 45 over the past, I think, 10 years, you generally stay up. There's the odd weird year where Charlton went down with 49 when Wigan got points deduction. And I think Peterborough got like 55 one year, didn't they? Yeah, 54, 55 is a mental year when there was a whole squeeze on the table. Um, who am I going to next? Um, Joe, is that Wales shirt in tribute to Brody and Burns? No, it's not. It's uh, Paisley or Parsley. I always get it wrong. And my <laughs> other half always corrects me. <laughs> um, I think it's Parsley, Joe. Parsley. Um, Joe, we'll stay with you then, being you. Yeah. Beans, you batted that question away like Seb talking about ticket touting on the he was he was like a politician, Seb, wasn't he, on Thursday? He just wasn't wasn't gonna touch touch that stuff, was he? The the Seb's ticket hut. Um Skip, when will we see Scarlet and in what position? Well he, he is a number he is a number nine, isn't he? Scarlet. So I do expect him to be the player that sort of rotates the minutes with George Hurst once he's up to speed. I think obviously it's great for him that, that he went away with um, England under-21s to make his debut at that level, but it would probably have been handy if he'd have been in the building, so to speak, to work through our patterns of play, to work through what we're doing. And it would take him a little while to get up to speed, but I think he was just a bit unlucky on the first game. Hurst injury was so early that he probably wasn't seen ready for an hour. And then the Dapo comes on, scores a couple of goals and, earns and keeps the shirt for Saturday's game but I'm sure we'll see him sooner rather than late, later sort of going through the middle there's good Been questions sorry Dave quickly there's good questions there Edward and Rodney about Southampton we'll just hold that when we talk about that go ahead Dave sorry no I was going to say I think it makes for what could potentially be a really interesting lineup against Wolves next week hmm. uh, Dave from Jason in January which position do you think we need to strengthen <laughs> Probably, uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Maybe another, you know, a focal point target man, potentially. Um, um, look, we don't want to tempt fate, depending on Davis's injury, maybe a, a, another left-sided left sided defender. Um, a lot, I think, will depend on if they can get Twinsaby fit and up to speed, because he could be, as we said, excellent. And he is that left-sided, he is that left-sided option. So, um yeah, that's that's where I see it. But a long way to go between between now and January. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Uh, Joe Norman, uh, Borough play Wednesday on Tuesday. Easy for you to say. Uh, will the loser sack their manager the next day? I, I don't think Middlesbrough will. I know we spoke about it briefly, but I think I, I don't think Carrick's going to get the bullet unless they look like they're in sort of serious danger of going down, which they're not at the moment. They're still playing. Mr. Chancery, on the other hand, Joe. But yeah, who who know who <laughs> knows with Sheffield Wednesday? I, I it wouldn't surprise me in any way if I found out they had and Carlton Palmer was brought in. Oh no, not Palmer. <laughs> he hates him, doesn't he? <laughs> that would be so good. Someone said in the chat they make Bannon like a Kenny Dalgleish um, player uh, manager. Um, Anir, can you please stop winning? Thanks. It, to be honest, it is getting a bit boring now. I don't, I'm, I'm all, going off it, to be fair. All going, of I, I, I pine for the days of sort of <laughs> rubbish defeats, really. But I, 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 won't like, tempt, I, like, I won't tempt fate. I better not tempt fate. Mick in 17, 18, the seven draws in a row. Did we yeah. do that? Was fun. A lot of 1-1s in there as well. Tremendous. Dire, wasn't it? Dire. Tremendous stuff. Um, yeah. Eric, I'm concerned about Davis being out. Could we see our first banana skin? I don't think we can sort of see Southampton as a banana skin. It's a, almost, especially with the points we've got on the board, it's almost a free hit, isn't it? Yeah. 
Well, shall we move on to Southampton? And um, I'm going to enjoy setting this up because I always love to talk to Joe about Russ Martin because I'm a fan of Russ Martin and Joe is less trusting, let's just say, than than I am. We often disagree, although that is not an argument at the moment that I'm having much success with, I have to, I have to confess. So we've got this um, ultra-possession uh, manager who's been quite streaky, uh, particularly at Swansea, and... I've got to admit, I worked on the show. We were literally looking out for it. Oh, Swansea have conceded. Someone get that up. Is that another back pass, you know, playing out from the back? Mistakes, blah, blah, blah. Started this season pretty well. But when you actually look at who they've beaten, I think I'm right in saying Southampton have beaten QPR, Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth. So we are talking either ex-League One sides. I know we're one, go figure. And QPR who struggled badly. And probably this was slightly before their um, improvement. The last two games for Southampton have been an absolute disaster, whereas I think Dave pointed out they've conceded early and not all from playing out from the back in the Sunderland game. That was particularly shots from the edge of the box and don't think Bazunu had a great game in that one in goal. And then it got stretched and they chase it and a 3 turn to a 5, you know, it happens. Whereas I'm sure we were all watching with great interest on Friday night, where it was two goals playing out from the out from the back with Bazunu and then Howard Bellis, who virtually didn't put a foot wrong for Burnley last season. But it looked very much like one of these things of right, what's the pattern from the goal kick? It's this. I can either play here, here, Leicester had it all scouted, blocked the passing lines, and just gave the ball away. So um, it looked very concerned. It's a ridiculous goal as well, where the last man from the corner is inside his own half and <laughs> Steph Mavadidi ran from about six. Do you remember that Dan Juma goal in the playoffs against Brentford? It was absolutely ridiculous, wasn't it? I, so, I think he, I think he was on a yellow as well. So he was last man back in his own <laughs> half and on a yellow. So <laughs> it it's was like, come man. on, give him a chance. He just knocked yeah. it one side of him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think I've set it up we'll go to you first um joe being's you're less trusting of russ martin than me but it does feel they are shot on confidence the fans are not buying in at all and it's one of those games where it's a you know it's a stadium ready to turn if there's a mistake or an errant passage of play out from the back anyway what what, what are your thoughts on how i've set it up and um southampton in general yeah well like you say the fans were booing after three minutes against Leicester on Friday night that the fans had turned at that point because they'd conceded a goal and nearly conceded another one straight away. But I said, my sort of feelings on Russell Martin is he, he talks a, a very good game. He, he talks about what he wants to play and his sides have a very clear identity of what he wants them to do. And I think that is an identity that could work, but just whenever I've seen him, I've, I've never seen him win a pressure game. I know maybe the Cardiff games are probably the ones where they're like that, but, sort of actually when you've got actual league table pressure on you, it's sort of almost like at the sort of back end of the season when they're sort of 15 points ahead of relegation, 20 points off the playoffs, they might put a run together where they'll win five out of six games. And then all of a sudden people think, oh, maybe they might push for the playoffs, but they're just not even... And then, but if they do get close enough to it, they then will just lose to sort of pull them back away from the pack. And I just, I don't see what he's done to have got the sort of the promotions in jobs that he's got from, I don't think he did enough at MK Dons to get the jump to Swansea. I don't think he did anywhere near enough at Swansea to get the jump to Southampton. And well, it's, bearing uh, in mind, Joe, it was Steve Cooper 
at Swansea before. He's a brilliant manager, isn't he? Yeah, and he got them to the playoffs two years in a row, and sort of with a with all the same problems he had to deal with. And I, I just, I like I said, I watched a Sunderland game, and not fully. I, I was in the sort of the lounge, and it was on while well, I was sort of eating my dinner and having it on there. But the Leicester game, I watched that closely, and their defensive work is just appalling. Like there's, it's. It was embarrassing the amount of space Leicester got. The how easy they found it to just break through and sort of be three, four, and one there. And like I say, they conceded four to Norwich, conceded five to Sunderland, conceded four to um, Leicester on Friday, and that that four could have been eight, and it wouldn't have been it, that wouldn't have been. But yeah, but then you look at the other side; they could have they could have scored three. But I don't know. I, I just I do not think for one second that Russell Martin's going to be able to out coach Kieran McKenna on Tuesday night. I think if Kieran McKenna is going to be able to set us up in a way that it's going to be able to exploit Russell Martin and how he sets Southampton up, but there is obviously an issue that Southampton got a huge amount of quality players. They will create some attacking chances, and if they score some of those, then they're going to win the game. So it, it's not a case of oh. McKenna's better than Martin. We're just going to turn up there. He's going to coach us and we're going to roll him over 3-0 and come home. It's it's never going to be anything that easy. It could play out like that and be that easy, but with the quality they've got, that is just what is saving them at the moment. But I just I don't, I don't, just think they look so far off. It's so disorganised. Like you were talking about the press. The, the ball was just going into their right back and he, he just did not know what to do with the ball and just kept trying to come back inside. And it was just easy. And I, I, like I say, I can't imagine... Kieran McKenna's doing anything but licking his lips together, looking looking ahead to this game on Tuesday night for a chance to go there under little press. Because if we lose, we've still got 15 points after seven games. But we can go there, and that is a game which you've got to put a big red circle around, thinking we go there and win this. I'll push back on a couple of things. I think at Swansea, the owners were dreadful, aren't they? Weren't they? And he could, he should have got more in terms of the gen, that last January transfer window. And I will say. I do agree with Joe that the defending was horrible. Um, the Dewsbury Hall assist for the second goal was absolutely class. Um, and He's on a level, wasn't he? Yeah. And indeed, his feet for the third goal was quality. So I do think they finished well. We didn't at Sheffield Wednesday, did we? So there's a difference between the finishing. But in the main, Joe, I've got no comeback in terms of disagreeing with anything you've said there, really. What's your take, Dave, on this? Brilliant squad, but um, not quite linked up not, in terms of the pattern. No, it's play. just not together. It's just not together. And like Joe, I watched. I was dipping in and out a bit of the Leicester game, but I, I watched a fair, fair bit of it. And they, to me, defensively, they just seemed all all over the place at sixes and sevens. And I think um, I saw even one or two comments earlier from their from their fans on. I think it could have been on TWTD or something like that, basically saying that you know, with your pace, I can I can see quite a, maybe a high scoring draw. Perhaps on Tuesday, maybe maybe a yeah two two or even three three something like that. You can you can see that you can see the game going like that. Um, interesting to see you know put them to one side. Be in, again interesting to see the team the team we start with. Well, let's yeah let's let's get into that, Joe. What what do you envisage it looking like? Bearing in mind Davis is very very unlikely not to be there as a starting point, and then you've got the Hurst Ladapo conundrum, and then do you you freshen up anywhere? I guess you've got the the option. Sort of, is, is this a game for Caden Jackson to start when it is just that pure pace on the break up. when they're when they're sorry, on. Joe. A few people had suggested that and asked yeah. that in the chat. Yeah. So sorry, yeah, go on, Joe. Sorry, yeah. If if Hurst maybe isn't fully fit as yet, is it a game where you start Jackson just to try and exploit that and then go from there? Maybe I, 
there's been talk of Jack Taylor. I think there's talk of him ahead of the weekend. Obviously, Luongo Morsi had a, another dominant performance Luongo in there. But, but Jack Taylor and his and his runs from sort of midfield, that energy he's got getting up and down the pitch and being able to get on the end of things and score goals, is that what you want to go with? Or do you worry about losing the maybe more defensive sol- solidness that um, Luongo gives you there? So it's, I don't know. There's, there's sort of pros and cons for each selection, isn't there? But I think we probably won't make as many changes as as people expect. There was talk, I think McKenna said that after 70 minutes, Wes Burns' hamstring was really tight on on Saturday. That's why he went off. Is that maybe where Caden Jackson comes into the team in that position there? Do we have to have a slight rejig with um, Leif Davis not playing on the left? Is that maybe where you play Jackson in one of the forward roles of the chess piece to be a guy that pushes on further on the left? Well, and Joe, there's, can so do. there's so many there, options. Those, there. those fullbacks are constantly playing right in front of the two centre-backs. So there's a massive chasm of space, as you pointed out, down the sides for someone and like Jackson just, it, to run into. And it is just that, that bravery you'll probably need to let to let players go, to let Walker-Peters come inside, knowing that we back ourselves to get the ball and try and trigger someone in behind him. But it's that, I don't know, we, there are going to be times and areas on the pitch where we are going to defend 1v1, and that's going to be a big ask on defenders 1v1 with some of the players of the quality that they've got there. But I guess if you can try and keep that game sort of tight for the first, well, obviously you want an early goal, but if you can get that crowd turning on them, I think you're going to get yourself in a good position because that will turn badly there because Friday night was bad enough. Well, that's interesting, Dave. If I can just um, bat it to you on what Joe said, because when we were really open against Leeds and it was class players, Sinister, I know he's gone since, but Ruta and Nonto and Hiro, you you look, um, Suleimana, I think they're going to appeal the red card tomorrow. Yeah. So that could work. But Edozi, he got a knock. But even Armstrong's got loads of pace. Um, Ryan Fraser, one of our favourites well, from got some... pod season one. Um, yep. what's, so what's your take on that? And also just that our fullback position. Yeah, they've got some class players. And you'd, you'd think, you know, Davis, you, you would think, is not going to be fit. So, you know, Williams is going to, you know, Williams is going to play there. Although, despite, you know, what I was saying about having a, in a, in a offensive role, having a check back on his right foot, I think, he, he, you know, he's more than, more than adequate there. And I think I tend to agree that Jackson perhaps will start this one in place of um, Ladapo. His finishing perhaps wasn't brilliant at the weekend, was it? So perhaps, perhaps that is a, perhaps that's a start for Joe. Well, then we'll, we'll, it's, a, it's a hard one. Will Will Hurst come back into? Will Hurst come back into? You know, um, comes you know, come reasonably come straight back into. It's a difficult one to call. I think. I think Jackson for his pace will certainly get a start, and I think Williams at. Williams at fullback, and then, yeah, I don't think Taylor will start this one, despite being fresh and not coming off the bench yesterday. I don't think it will start. I think it will still be Luongo was superb again yesterday, wasn't he? And yeah, Morsey's Morsey. I think, um, yeah, Morsey's sitting on three or four bookings at the moment. Joe, was it four? Yeah. So I mean, he's close, isn't he? So you know, Taylor's going to be, you know, hopefully more than ready to step up when that happens, because it surely that will happen this season. It's definitely changed the dynamic, though, Joe. And, you know, from this potential, I know people hate it when we use the term, but this potential free hit to, uh, oh, is that is that a game you can you can really, really go and win? And it's, it's such a balancing act, isn't it, with Blackburn at home at the weekend and wanting to have something in reserve for a home game um, at Portman Road against, you know, a, go- a good team and a good championship manager in Thomason, but not a... Parachute team and your 
and you're playing them you, at home. You, you take a point. You take a point now, Tuesday, wouldn't you? Yeah, and no, in, and no injuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, yeah. But, but, but I don't think there's any game where McKenna is going to set us up to not go out and win the game. Oh no, like, and there's no need not to as well. So you, you just try and win that game, and then you just think about Blackburn. Come that, I, yeah. I, I, I do wonder because we did rotate the squad quite around quite a bit at the start of the season, but once we struck, once we sort of got to January, and we then almost found that eleven, which everyone can name, the eleven that just sort of bowled us over the line through January. We haven't really changed the team much since then. So I do wonder whether McKenna has learned from that or whether he feels that the rotation at the start of the season allowed us to have the end of the season or whether that actually you just think you just ride that you just ride that team as hard as you can and they do have the energy, they do have the fitness and if people need to come out because they're in a red zone or whatever the term is, then you drop one or two out at a time there as opposed to just rotating almost just to, for rotation's sake sometimes. I think you're right, Joe. I think it's just the, the whole fitness levels of the squad is just on a completely different l- layer, isn't it? Now, because it was inter- it's interesting. He spoke about the um, he did an interview with the Telegraph in the last week, and he he said in that that in the in League One, it's in the sort of the bottom three leagues in Europe with regards to fitness, sprint intensity, number of sprints. That where the Championship is in the sort of top three in Europe, so including all the top tiers. So, and he said that sort of like the fittest team in League One is almost like the least fit team in the championship there. So <laughs> the levels of what you've got to do to go up are just so, so but that high. That parlays back into your Sheffield Wednesday point, Joe, doesn't it? Yeah. And yeah. and also the games were a lot shorter in League One because of all the time wasting. That, and and that's that's been doubled up this year with these extra added on time as well. So not, have you, not only have you got to step up with the extra three or four minutes extra game, you've now got an extra eight or nine on top of that as well. Oh, so Dave's talking about scoring draws. I think I'm probably in Dave's camp, but then I don't know whether I'm in like some cognitive dissonance because mm-hmm. I actually think we can go and win, and I'm scared to. I'm scared to say it. We can definitely go and score. We always score. So, um, Joe, have you got any kind of predictions? Get your predictions in the chat, by the way. Bearing in mind we've got no um, preview show for this one because it's a three-game week. Um, no, I'd, I'd, I'd like some comments. I've put on a couple of bets on us to sort of <laughs> win by win by two or win by three, just because I think the odds are so big that I could easily see the game going that way, if that makes sense, as opposed to I don't think it's going to happen necessarily, but if we get on top early, that that could easily become a game that we can win 4-5-0. I, I, don't, I don't think that is what... I'm not expecting that to happen, but it, it doesn't feel outside the realms of possibility that that does, but it's a... I say it's, a, it's just a difficult game, isn't it? It's, you look at it there, but it, and obviously hindsight will tell us after the game whether it was a good time to play it, play them or a bad time to play them. But I don't think that Russell Martin's going to be doing anything more than doubling down on what he does. I, I don't think he's oh, going I to agree. be yeah. going back, trying to get some points on the board, trying to sort of stop the rot, so to speak, and sort of turn it around. I, I, I think I say he's going to go there and play how he wants to play. And like I say, I, I do think McKenna is is going to out-coach him. And it's just up to us to make sure we get that little bit of luck in sort of in both boxes, isn't it? Yeah. Have we ever won, have we ever won at St Mary's? I remember Alan Lee's debut. I think he scored a couple of goals when we won there. Didn't I can't think of any others, though. Yeah. 2007, would that have been? Yeah, about then, yeah. Seven, yeah. Who scored that goal yeah. when I went with you in the FA Cup? One of their fullbacks. Thomas. Whack! Was it what Thomas? Was his first name Wayne? What, Wayne Thomas. Wackity it was a left back. Yeah, he, uh, Roy yeah, King he, was the manager. I think Mikel Antonio scored in that game. Mikel well. Antonio did score, and 
Pablo scored our consolation, didn't he? But my God, that was a wackety whack, wasn't it? Funded it in the top corner. Why can I only remember um, Neil Three, Marcus Stewart, Hattie? No, Dave was down. very careful to specify St Mary's there. St Mary's, sorry. Yeah, don't give was... us an excuse to talk about No, um, no, we that. shouldn't do. No, that was very much the last season of the Dell, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the one of the greatest hat tricks I think any. It was the last ever night game at the Dell. Was it actually? It was last no, well, yeah, it was. And we were the last club team to win at Wembley, weren't we? Mar- that must have been March two thousand and one. Wow, yeah. I um, yeah. and then then I said three three. There was a classic. There was a three three draw with the what season later the Venus the Venus goal yeah. rocket rocket Venus flytrap. <laughs> Who was the guy? Marion Parhas. Marion right. pa- Someone's going to mention Chris pa- Latvian and Michael Owen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Latvian so, Michael Owen. To be Owen. fair, when they had Glenn Hoddle for a while, I oh, remember them coming to it. Portman oh. Road and really playing well. I think we might have beaten them, but they played beautiful football under... under is it James beat you up front? Maybe they took the lead and we beat him. I can't remember. I think, no, I think they beat us 1-0, didn't they? I think. Oh, I or am I thinking... It was a cup game, win, yeah. was it? Dean oh, Richards scored a goal. That was a cup match, was wasn't it? Yeah. Was yeah, yeah we were still in confused. the... In that the second a, tier, then weren't yeah, we? Yeah, we were. Um, I was thinking that it was. Did, was it Rory Delap scored against? But I think he was at Derby at the time, and they beat us one 0 Yeah, uh, Rory Delap deflected one, and Mark Poom was nearly as good as that Vasquez. Um, for, Chris Riggett played brilliantly as well. The centre half, Chris Riggett. There you go, um, guys. Thank you so so much. I think we'll call it quits, being as we've just rambled aimlessly about Southampton games, not remembered any of the details correctly whatsoever. <laughs> Um, later this week, I don't know if we've got a final decision. The Blue Monday WhatsApp group was going round and round on whether we'll be live after the game tomorrow. I'm being very carelessly showing you the Blue Monday WhatsApp group here. Let's just stop waving my phone around as I talk with my hands like Gino DeCampo. Um, but we may be live after the game on Tuesday night. We may be live on Wednesday. There'll definitely be a preview show before the Blackburn game. And um, I'm sure the three of us will be here next Sunday, post the Blackburn game. Um, Thick and fast is all I will say. Um, Quick one here, just make sure you hit like if you're watching on YouTube um, right now. And if you do listen on the pod, um, feel free to come and join us live each and every Sunday at 8pm. Don't forget you can get your Blue Monday live tickets after the Preston game. Come and hang out with us. It's going to be a great night there as well. Dave, how you feeling then? Game one of this week, um, down. Last words from you. Feeling pretty, feeling pretty good, mate. Just can I just say, um, just say something on a not on a negative note, but um, a really good friend of mine, um, very sadly, um, passed away on Friday. Diehard supporter of the club, used to go. Oh man, back in the day in the Robson years, home and away with him, Gary, Gary, Jarrell, Jammy. So um, yeah, thoughts go out to his um, his family and um, yeah, and close friends as well. Yeah, well said. Um, last word from you, Joe. Um, looking forward to getting down to St Mary's on Tuesday. So hopefully Ooh. I might see some of our viewers and listeners there. So come and say hello if I do see you. Yes, I will be there too. And if Joe Fairs is really, really lucky, luck, luck him, lucky, I will buy him a beverage of his choice. Are you feeling lucky, Joe? Always, always lucky. 
Are you, are you there you're there Saturday as well, Ben, aren't you? Blackburn, are you hoping to be there Saturday? Dave, I get enough stick from Ipswich fans. Yes, that is two games in a row for hey. me in a, in a week. How about how about that? There you go. But um, well, yeah, I, I'll th- be there I think on... in the I think in the comments, Philip is desperate to know if anyone guessed a song, but no one didn't. guessed the song. No one would ever guess the that. line Joe Fares said was face getting popular, see me on the telly, yeah, so solid vampire. So it was 21 seconds by the So Solid crew in reference to Jamie Vardy's goal on Friday night. You were never going to get it. That's why I was safe with, with giving those Blue Monday Live tickets out. Joe in hospitality. Yeah, of course he's, of course he's in there, Lee, isn't he? Right. And on that note, thank you everybody for joining us. We'll be back either on Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, and we will see you for that. Take care, everyone. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.